This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com. Will you stand with me as we read from Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 14? Uh, but grace was given. Are you there? Ephesians 4, 7 to 14. Say, amen, I'm there. Wow, I like this group. (laughs) But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. May the Lord bless his word this morning. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> My goodness. <clears throat> uh, so I, I just recently became a dad. Um, <clears throat> man. <clears throat> you can see. Um, <clears throat> and it's been an experience uh, to, <laughs> to be a dad to an infant. She's two months now. Um, and... <clears throat> Man, when I, when I read this last part of this, uh, and I thought of, you know, so that we may no longer be children, I thought of Imara, my daughter, and I was like, what if she just got stuck in this infancy stage, you know? I would be devastated. I mean, like, <laughs> no sleepless nights. I mean, I mean, sleepless nights. Um, she doesn't communicate to me. She just cries, and I have to you know, use the gift of interpretation and, you know, uh, (laughs) and just figure out what's going on, you know? Uh, (laughs) And, I mean, that's what uh, Christ wants for his church. He doesn't want us to remain as children. He wants us to grow. Uh, um, And what's the context of our growth here? Uh, We'll be able to look at uh, today how how Christ envisions uh, the church growing together so that we're no longer uh, children tossed to and fro by all kinds of teachings and uh, craftiness, by deceitful uh, schemes. And, you know, this is a theme that we've had being preached by Pastor Wayne and Pastor Aaron, even one of the deacons, Anthony, uh, and they did an incredible job in... uh, I mean, this is their thing. I feel like, man, I have to feel that, you know, it's standing there, you know. Uh, <laughs> what do you even say? I'm forgetting. Like, um, whatever they've done, they've done a great job. And I think what we've heard them say is how the gospel unites us despite our differences. Amen. I mean, Christ has broken the enmity that existed between us and God and man. And in him, we're made one. We're one. We're one people. Um, and then last week, we were urged to have 
the eagerness to, to maintain the unity of the spirit. And I wondered, have I been eager to maintain the unity of the spirit? Oh my goodness. Um, and I thought, I mean, when you hear about unity, like you can, you can think of so many situations. And for me, what hit home for me was my bad country, Kenya. Uh, you see, Ephesians is written to a local congregation, but the message of Ephesians has a universal implication. It's speaking to the whole church, the universal church, um, and we are blessed to be part of that. We, we, we're not just redemption Alhambra, but we are the church of God, the church of Christ. Yeah. In Kenya, there are 42 tribes, 42 tribes, and that's small. Some countries like, I think Nigeria, they have more than 100 tribes. And each, each of these tribes contributes to the diverse, rich, and beautiful culture and heritage that we have as Kenyans. I am from the Kikuyu tribe. Can you say Kikuyu? Kikuyu. That's my tribe. Um, I've always cherished being a Kikuyu. Uh, Kikuyus are known for their entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, I mean, you go to Kenya, every part, you know, Kikuyus are mainly from the central part of Kenya, but these guys are widespread in every part of the world, running a small business, running a school, uh, they're in the government, and they've done all sorts of things. Um, and when I was growing up, my grandfather would tell me stories about how the Kikuyus fought the colonial powers, and then led to, the, to our country's independence. I'm sorry, uh, we have a British friend, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean nothing, you know, we are, we are united by Christ. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many other unique stories I can tell about each tribe in Kenya, but time will not allow me to share about them. You know, something else, when people think of Kenya, they don't think about how so many tribes in Kenya enrich our culture. Because of negative tribalism, um, people think of how tribes and not good. Um, or sometimes people think, I'm a fast runner because I'm Kenyan. But, flash news, I'm not, I'm not. I've never run a marathon. Actually, what most people don't know, most of the Kenyans who win the marathons are predominantly from one community, the Kalenjin tribe. They come, you know, where most of these people grow up, their elevation is too high, and it kind of makes their body get get adjusted, you know, and they can endure a long distance. Um, uh, I mean, it's how, I mean, nature is so interesting, you know? Uh, so, but the fact that I'm Makikuyu does not stop me from celebrating the achievements of other tribes. You know, when, when one of those Kenyans wins the Chicago Marathon or the New York London Marathon, I'm always there cheering them up. I'm like, oh my goodness! My Kenyan, my people, you know, it gives us a sense of pride. You know, I don't have to be a fast runner to be Kenyan. I'm Kenyan despite of my inabilities to, to run. You know, Kenya is what it is today because of the different tribes. Each tribe has a significant place in what defines the Kenyan culture. I mean, like I said, sometimes our coexistence has not always been easy. There are times, you know, some tribes will fight each other. They'll steal cattle from each other, you know. That's something my wife laughs about that every time. Uh, you know? Hey, 
there's a deep story. You know, Carol means so much. It's a sign of wealth, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, and the same, you know, it's the same in the church. Well, like, when I think of the body of Christ, I think of a diverse community. I think of multiple tribes. I think of a beautiful color scheme. Um, I think of this diverse group of people with uh, a vast amount of experiences, um, and that makes us unique. And sometimes it, it can be challenging. Like the Kenyan tribes, some of the Kenyan tribes, it's challenging to come together, you know, with different cultural experiences. But we must always remember, as a church, we are one. We are one despite our cultural differences. I mean, I look in this room, I see, man, lots of you, so many different people. Um, uh, but I think when we think of, of this unity, I think sometimes we confuse unity with uniformity. Like when we come as a church, uh, I think some people have the expectation that we have to be uniform. But I think that's not what, that's not what Christ wants. He has, you know, we read in verses 7 through 10 that Christ gave to each and every one of us a special gift according to his grace. Can you ponder that a little bit? So Christ doesn't expect us to come to church and be uniform. No. I mean, some of you, when I, when I look around here, some of you are lifting your hands as you praise Jesus. Some of you kneel down, and some of you do different things to express uh, your love for Jesus. We don't have to be the same. But we are united by one faith, one faith in Christ Jesus. But why does Christ give us those gifts? Why does he give those gifts to us? Because he wants us, all of you, all of us, to be contributive members. You know? He wants everybody to be hands on deck. Do you realize that you're gifted and graced? Or do you just wait for other people to do the work? And we're all ministers. We're all ministers of Christ, Christ's grace. You have been graced, and you have been gifted. Don't, don't you ever forget that. We have a role to play. Use your gift. Are you using your gift today? You know, some other times we fail in unity because we dismiss some gifts. You know, some, some people think their gifts are better than others, yet that's not the case. All gifts have a place to play in the kingdom. We are to humbly follow Christ and honor him, honor him with our gifts. You know, the Kikuyus, like I say, we're very entrepreneurial. Uh, and, I mean, the first president was a Kikuyu, the third president, and, you know, had two terms, he was a Kikuyu. Uh, the third president is a Kikuyu. It's so easy for us as Kikuyus to really have so much pride and to dismiss all the other 41 tribes. Like, they don't have a place to, pray, to play in our culture. They do. They, have, they are special. They, their tribes are special. They, I mean, just imagine what would happen if we didn't have the tribe that wins the marathon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Most of you would never, probably wouldn't know Kenya existed. <laughs> They'd be like, what? Kenya? What is that? You know? I mean, this is to say, when we are dismissive of people's gifts, we are dismissive of the people as well. 
So often people say there's strength in unity, but they only mean, <laughs> what they only mean is uniformity. You know, my experience coming from another country, another continent, people can look at me, hear me speak, you know, I can tell I have an accent, so you do, and dismiss me for my looks and my accent. I've had people tell me, go back to Africa, when they heard me speaking in Swahili. I think we can all agree that is, that is reprehensible yeah. behavior, but all it is, it's a dismissal of who I am because of my differences. Something that we can all be guilty of doing sometimes. Who do you do that to? If you're outgoing, do you secretly look down on those that are not? If someone does something different from you, do you automatically think they did it wrong? Instead of saying they did it their own way. Do you look down on certain careers? Do you look down on other Christ-following, Bible-believing churches because they are not your style? I said, the gospel has a universal implication. You know, it's not just about us. Uh, it's about other people as well. As you go about your life, ask God to open your mind and heart to the way you don't honor the differences of others. When you don't honor them, you're not honoring the God that made them that way. I think something else we see in these verses, from verses 11 to 14, uh, we start to see, apart from gifting each and every individual as a church, as the saints, all of us have been gifted. God also gifts the church with unique positions that are supposed to help the church to grow towards maturity so that we can all be like Christ. You know, Paul wanted the Ephesians believers to understand that the work of the kingdom is a communal affair. You know, it's not an individual thing. We are supposed to be participants, not just partakers. You know, these gifts were powerfully used in the foundation of the early church. We are who we are today because of the different gifts Christ gave to the church. You know, sometimes when people, people get caught up in the debate about the leadership positions mentioned in, in verses 11, do we still have apostles? Do we? Do we still have prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? But I think, I want to think that the position, you know, most, I mean, a wide range, uh, uh, the, the position held by most evangelicals today is that the first two or even the, the third one, they're not necessarily church offices or gifts since their function ceased in the first century when the church was established. That's kind of the argument that is kind of prevalent out there sometimes. And I think most of it is, I think we don't see those gifts in operation today, you know? Or we've seen those gifts, but they've been abused. You know? I mean, I know a lot of apostles in Kenya, you know? Um, some of them are demon chasing and, you know, um, and all that. And sometimes because of that, some of these experiences, we tend to dismiss those gifts. But I think what we don't realize is Christ, in giving these diverse leaders with different functions, has given the church all the resources needed to fulfill his mission. We are loaded. I mean, we have everything that we need to accomplish uh, the Christ missions. Yeah. 
So we've been given diverse group of leaders. They serve together to fulfill Christ's mission. I mean, I think we tend to think of, you know, like apostles, you know, it, the, the, you know it's a league on their own, you know, the prophets, you know, those are, they, they hear straight from God uh, and they speak to God's people and, you know, but we don't tend to look at them as gifts that are supposed to be used like in the same body for the sake of, you know, uh, benefiting God's people. I think we still need uh, apostles today. You know, these are, I mean, uh, like apostles were the sent ones. They, you know, they led the church to explore new context, uh, to preach the gospel. They were witnesses of Christ. Uh, had, you know, they saw what Christ did. They had the gospel. Uh, and we need people like this today in the church. You know, people who say, man, we need, I mean, it's good. I mean, there's a good thing happening here at Redemption, but maybe it's time for us. I mean, we need to do something maybe in Glendale, or maybe we need to do something, you know, somewhere else. Uh, and then the prophets, uh, the people who, you know, had, like I said, and they passed the message to God's people. Uh, prophets were also known, like in the Old Testament, they, I mean, they, they spoke God's messages, message to powers that be without fear or intimidation. They advocated for justice. I think we need people like those in the church today, people who can stand up and, you know, uh, show the world how justice looks like from God's point of view. We need people who can hear, I mean, from God's voice and just, I mean, we have God's word uh, and we need people who can, you know, communicate that to people so that they live in accordance to God's purposes. We need evangelists too, you know, people who move from one place to another so that people who've never had the gospel would hear the gospel. And I mean, we know pastors and teachers we need, we need pastors to continue, you know, shepherding God's people, teaching, you know, teaching the, the right doctrine to the church. Um, so, church, God has provided these diverse leaders so that we may be equipped for the work of ministry. You know? And why, why is equipping so important? Um, and I think what you realize here. Uh, Paul uses the word all saints. It's not just you and you. It's all of us here. We have to get equipped, all of us. God's desire is that all of us grow in faith together. No one should be left behind. No one should be sidelined. We should seek to make sure that everybody is growing in their faith so that we are all being built into mature manhood and to be like Christ. Apart from being equipped, we're also being built. I mean, think of a building and all the different parts and, you know, cement and, you know, you know uh, bricks. And, I mean, I think, you know, when we think of what Christ has done, I mean, the work is already finished. Like, Christ has done what we, we, we couldn't do for ourselves. But then he also has provided people who are supposed to continue building us. And I think the church today is an unfinished building. There's, there's so much you can look at and say, man, we need Christ to build us there, man. Like, when I, I mean, they, still, they say that in America, Sunday is still the most segregated day. I think we still need some building in that area. 
I mean, you think of church leaders. Some of them, you know, they're supposed to take care of the flock, but most, there's some that are not doing that, but they are exploiting uh, the flock. Yeah. I mean, there are pastors who have been caught in the Me Too movement, the church too, or, or there's a new hashtag, the church too, you know, because pastors have exploited the people they were supposed uh, to shepherd and take care of. Instead of the church speaking truth to the powers that be, we've seen people who've gotten into a marriage with the powers that oppress and are unjust because power has blinded them. May the Lord help us. May the Lord build us to be the kind of people he wants us to be. I think when, also, when we think of spiritual growth or maturity, we tend to think of it in terms of my, you know, my personal time with Jesus. And, and that's good. But in this context, we see spiritual growth is kind of anchored in, 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 in a community. Yeah. You know? In Hebrews 10, 25, we are encouraged not to neglect coming together like some are in the habit of doing. You know, we tend to withdraw ourselves sometimes, you know. Um, maybe you're new here. Um, and you're probably trying to look at people and see, uh, where do I belong? Uh, as, as a member of Christ's body, you belong here. You have a place in his kingdom. We grow together in, in community. You know, I think of times my faith in Christ was most nourished and challenged when I was living out my faith with a dedica- dedicated group of people. Small groups such as I'll see are places where our faith can be nurtured and challenged most as we meet weekly to pray for one another, to read the word of God, to share what we are gleaning from God's word, and as we listen to God's voice together and serve one another, we'll get formed into Christ-likeness. We also, uh, I mean... The only uniformity that is required for the body of Christ is the unity of faith and the knowledge of God. Do we believe in the gospel? Do we believe uh, if, if, if somebody calls themselves a Christian and they don't believe in Jesus? Man, we, we can't believe those people. We, we can't be in fellowship with them. I mean, we kinda, we kinda, we, I mean, we can welcome them into the kingdom and correct them. But, we, <laughs> but you, we are united by the same message. And sometimes we tend to separate faith and knowledge, but they cannot be separated. You know? We have to know. We have to know the gospel. We have to know God's word as a community so that our faith will be united and our faith will grow. Our knowledge should lead to faith. Our mutual understanding of the gospel message is what unites us all in one faith. So the local and the universal church is united in one mission, to proclaim and live out the gospel everywhere we are till Christ comes back. Until Christ comes back, then we must continue focusing on him as our mark. He is our aim. He is the head of the body. He is the fullness of God. He is our measure of spiritual maturity and growth. In him alone we stand, and away from him we perish. If we are not anchored in the gospel, 
that will be drifted, will be tossed to and fro by all kind of doctrines, by all kind of teachings, because we won't have um, um, a worldview that we can use to measure uh, and to distinguish between what is fake news and what's the truth. Man, talking about fake news, it's so hard to tell nowadays what's fake and what's real. You know? There's so much information out there. But I still believe that God's word will help us to distinguish truth from fake news. We must be grounded in God's word. And community helps to build that, you know? It's in community, though, that's nurtured. Are you growing? Are you growing in community? Or are you growing in isolation? We'll always be better together. Always be better together. Has anyone ever done an escape room? Anybody escape room? Yeah. Yeah? We did that with uh, a number of people last summer as part of us getting to know more people in the church. And Man, if you've never done that, you're missing out. If you want to go out, we can go together and have some fun. Probably won't do much to help, you know, but I try. But I'll help a little bit. (laughs) Anyway, you get locked in a room and have to find clues within the room or rooms to get out. Let me tell you, if everyone thought the same, the same, no one would ever escape. When we did it, a few of us were working on a puzzle and couldn't get it. We thought the puzzle was, was faulty and wondered, why did they put this thing here? How is it going to help us? <laughs> but another person in our group came over to the puzzle and noticed some of the pieces were put in wrong, which stopped us from putting the entire puzzle together. They brought a different perspective to the puzzle. Those rooms are designed so that people who see things differently, like we do here, can work together to solve clues so that we can escape. Yeah. I mean, when we come together as a body, the body of Christ, you know, when, when you get a diverse group of people together whose opinions are all valued, and you, then you can change the world. Yeah. Then we can fulfill God's missions for the church. This is God's design. The apostles were all different, the evangelists, but they worked together to establish what we have today. Just, just, just think for a moment. How would the church look like if they didn't play the roles that they played to, during their time? Their faith in Jesus was what unified them, and they changed the world. What they saw, what they heard, they knew that could change the world. And we walk the same path when we come to Christ. Who we are in Christ cannot grow without diversity. Who we are in Christ cannot grow without community. We have to be together. Don't separate yourself. So in what ways are you trapped because you've closed your ears to those that are different from you? Do you only listen to God when his voice sounds like yours? Anyway, sometimes you don't even, I mean, if, if you just separate, if you're not even in community, you won't even hear God's voice. I mean, some, some people will disagree, but I mean, we, <laughs> we have to be together in, in, in community. As we conclude today, I'd like you to ask yourself, are you a participant? Or are you just a partaker in the kingdom? 
Have you diminished your gift? Or have you diminished other people's gifts? Are you putting yourself in a place where you can grow in your faith with other people? Or are you just seeking to grow by yourself? You know, in South Africa, they have, they have this term they call Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. And in simple terms means I am what I am because of who we all are. I'll say that again. I am who I am because of who we all are. Other community, redemption, Alhambra. This implies connectedness. Are we connected with one another? And I like the way we take these two months, the next two months to kind of you know, push ourselves to connect with people that we don't know. We need that for our health, for our well-being as a community. We need to mutually care for each other. Man, I've only been here two years, but I feel like we've been here so many years because of the mutual care we've received from most of you here. The way people welcomed us here, like just from the first day, we felt welcomed and loved. You know, sometimes we think that's the work of the pastors, but the day, the first time we came here, the guy who welcomed here was not even a pastor, but he realized he had a gift and he used his gift. Where's our brother, brother Ken, you know? Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Um, so from this African to you, Redemption Alhambra, I am what I am because of who you are. We are who we are, because of who you are. You have an integral part to play in the building of this body of Christ, this local community of Christ. But the gospel takes the message of Ubuntu even further. And we've seen time and time again in the past couple of weeks how we are all united by the gospel. We cannot be who Christ intended us to be if we choose separation. If we choose hatred, if we choose division, if we choose lies, if we choose unforgiveness, we'll never be what Christ intends us to be. You see, when we're united in faith, we get anchored in Christ. We get so anchored that we'll not be tossed back and forth and to and fro and front and backward will be so grounded and communally plays a part in that. This is God calls for us as a church. Can't wait to, and I know we do this. So many of us are involved in, in, in helping in kids' church, in different, you know, with dinner with the community. Um, but I look forward to the day and the time that we all see that we have a part to play in the growth of all of us. I am what I am because of who we all are. May the Lord bless his word. I'll pray. Just, just take a moment and just re- reflect on that idea of 
I am who I am because of what Christ has done for us and, and just how connected we are and how each part here contributes to our maturity in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for, for, for breaking the barriers that hindered community. Thank you for the gospel that brings us home, Lord. Thank you for the gospel that unites us, Lord, and makes us one, Lord. I pray for us as a community, we'll continue, Lord, to grow together into Christ-likeness by being in community with one another, Lord. Lord, I pray for any hindrances that the enemy may try to put, Lord, so that we're not growing uh, together, Lord. May you take those away, Lord, so that we are a strong uh, community that is united in faith and in the knowledge of the Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you so much, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. This podcast was recorded at Redemption Alhambra Village in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Redemption Alhambra Village, visit redemptionaz.com.